Welcome to OEM Industry Update, a weekly podcast examining the latest news and technology trends impacting product development teams in the heavy-duty on- and off-highway equipment industries. I'm Sarah Jensen, editor of OEM Off-Highway, and in this week's episode, I'll be speaking with Josh Israel, Market Development Manager at Hariba Automotive Test Systems, about a proposed zero-emissions regulation in California for small, non-road engines. Let's take a listen now. To start the conversation, maybe how have emissions regulations been impacting small non-road engine manufacturers and um, landscape equipment? Yeah, I I think uh, the two primary forces that drive technology in that space, really any engine space, are consumer demand and regulations. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just intuitive. So over the past decade, you know, we've seen regulations of that small non-road engine space uh, drive the development of cleaner, more efficient internal combustion engines. Um, the the most recent round of uh, of big regulations were the Tier Three or Phase Three uh, criteria standards, and then the addition of evaporative standards, which goes back honestly about a decade. Uh, the first implementation was 2011. I think it was fully implemented around 2013. So we're talking eight to 10 years in the past. Mm-hmm. And that drove uh, emissions from the, those uh, engines, particularly evaporative emissions, fuel tank emissions, uh, to an all-time low. So the, the proposed regulations for zero emissions, what they're really doing is creating uh, a market for all electric solutions where perhaps there wasn't one before or accelerating the market for one that did exist. Um, and that's, that's really the, the current impact that, that's on everyone's minds. You know, how are these uh, zero emissions pathways and the regulations that enforce them going to change how manufacturers go about uh, designing their products or pivoting to a, a different kind of portfolio? Mm-hmm. Right. So are you able to um, maybe expand or touch on those zero emission regulations at all? Um, I know there are some for like heavier duty equipment that have come into effect in, or are going to for in California. Are there are similar or different ones being looked at or proposed for um, the smaller non-road engines and landscape equipment market or just smaller equipment in general? Sure. Yeah, I know we talked about a year ago for uh, regulations on the on the other end of the non-road mm-hmm. spectrum, right? Heavy duty right. and commercial engines. On the small engine side, uh, California, I think, is again the the leader in proposing new standards. There's a, a rulemaking that's currently in development, nearing the final stages, I would say, mm-hmm. uh, called the Small Off-Road Engine. Uh, regulation uh, with the acronym SOAR, S-O-R-E. So it's sort of carved in coordination with the EPA and several other state agencies, uh, local air districts, et cetera, to propose a strategy to 100% electrify or go 100% zero emissions uh, by 2035, uh, which is 
when we think of that in terms of product development, that would that would mean that uh, certification limits for that small equipment. And when we when we talk about small equipment formally, it's anything under 19 kilowatt power output. So roughly 25 horsepower and smaller. Okay. All of that equipment would, would need to be certified at a zero emissions level by 2024 in order to get down to 2035, 100% zero emission population. All right, it takes a long time to transition away from existing equipment. Uh, and 2024 is is right around the corner in terms of product development, right? Right. Um, there's still a, a lot of discussion by way of uh, public comment in terms of what will that transition look like? You know, that's uh, three years out. That's very soon. There may not be time for interim regulations. And uh, the, the other big point that, that's being discussed and lots of public comments going on between the manufacturers and CARB yeah, is whether or not this would apply to generators. And uh, mm -hmm. I, it seems like uh, generators are gonna be a very uh, important subject for courting the commercial segment of that market, right? The, mm -hmm. uh, the, the commercial segment has uh, maybe a, a different use case than the residential typically does. And uh, generators are, would be a very, very important part of their adoption of, of zero emissions equipment there. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then how, maybe if at all, is uh, Hariba maybe working with manufacturers or um, to um, help them either with, as they're developing for, to meet these potential future regulations or working together with the industry um, at all? Yeah, I, I, I looked this up, you know, uh, I knew we would be talking today and, uh, you know, according to CARB, there are 24 manufacturers that sell into that space in, okay. uh, in the United States. Um, many of them would be, you know, brands that, that you're very familiar with. Hariba works with virtually all of them. And what we've seen, I think, recently, I would call it the last two years, is uh, quite a bit of continued investment in testing and development for internal combustion engines in small equipment, mm -hmm. uh, including you know emissions measurement, which is our traditional core products, might be the right way of saying it. And uh, I think that minus that emissions component, nearly all of the equipment that Reba Automotive sells retains its values for electrified powertrains. You know, in other words, uh, a dynamometer is still a dynamometer, whether the prime mover is a electric motor or a combustion engine. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, in addition to that, we have pivoted to the same degree that many of our customers have. Uh, I mean, I, I always say our job is just to understand what the needs of the industry is and provide solutions. And that, uh, that philosophy, if you will, has moved us mm -hmm. into the EV space with those manufacturers. So. Not only are we selling the, the traditional core product, emissions measurement, power measurement, but we're also getting into development of upstream components, you know, equipment that helps to develop and test battery packs, uh, also hydrogen fuel cells. May mm -hmm. not be a, a major um, market for hydrogen fuel cells in the uh, small off-road engine segment. Uh, although there is certainly the potential for fuel cells and what's called uh, 
zero emissions generator. So it would be like a hydrogen fuel cell based generator. Mm -hmm. uh, and so Hariba is playing in that space as well. So, but I mean, it's just like I said, the, the industry moves in one direction and we go with them. That, that's our customers. And uh, part of my job is trying to figure out where their next move is so, so we can go there with them. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Do you maybe foresee the need for any like different types of maybe testing or um, alterations to testing equipment to aid with um, development of battery or fuel cell or just electric power systems in general? Or I, you were saying before, you still need like the dynamometers and stuff, but it, would there be any specialized equipment needed that you foresee for testing those? Yeah, certainly for the solutions? upstream. Yeah, sorry, sorry to interrupt. No, it's okay. <laughs> so for the upstream equipment, it's. Uh, I mean, I think it's it's almost like a whole new world, right? It's mm -hmm. uh, the equipment necessary to develop battery packs, battery modules is, I would say, completely foreign to the traditional uh, internal combustion engine space. I think that the good thing is the small off-road OEMs have been electrifying for a long time, you know, mm -hmm. uh, electric handheld equipment in particular, things like uh, weed eaters, uh, leaf blowers, even chainsaws, man, they've been around a long time, decades, mm -hmm. right? Right. Uh, so, so I think the good news there is that uh, the, the small non-road group is probably positioned as well as any for that pivot. Um, it's really just about, do they have what it need, uh, what it takes to fully electrify uh, and when you start going up to the higher end so the non-handheld equipment say a 25 horsepower riding lawnmower mm -hmm. uh, that's when you may be getting into some equipment that they wouldn't have had before and that's where those testing for for battery packs fuel cells etc uh really could be a a, a a new world for them um i mean in, in addition to that in the test cell itself when you're talking about performance development as opposed to just having a complete system, you can also get equipment for emulating those battery packs, uh, changing them on the fly in a smart way without having to build prototypes. So there is, uh, you know, as the emissions component might get deleted out or repurposed to other test cells, there's new equipment that that would uh, conceivably need to be dropped in. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. And so maybe how are you guys? How are um, you seeing electrific the push for electrification in the um, lawn equipment market, maybe specifically the commercial uh, side of things? Is is that been as heavy a push as like maybe the you know some of the residential lawn equipment seems to be um, a little further along? Is there maybe a reason why that side is versus the landscapers? Um, the landscape market kind of working its way towards more electrification? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And that's that's uh, one of the things that's big on our minds is, you know, our, our observation has been that there's a pretty big divide on the demand side between residential and commercial use. Uh, if you look at the numbers, uh, the, the numbers that most people are familiar with publicly are those released by California. You see uh, extremely different levels of adoption of zero emissions equipment, you know, battery, electric, handheld devices, 
between residential and and uh, commercial. I, with things like leaf blowers uh, and and uh, weed trimmers, you you already see a majority of that equipment being fully zero emissions for residential use. Uh, with leaf blowers in particular, something like 75% of the leaf blowers for residential use in California are already electric. And the, the rates of adoption in the commercial segment are just extremely small. Uh, you know, a few percent, uh, maybe as much as 10% among leaf blowers but uh, far less than that for things like riding mowers, et cetera. Um, and in terms of why, I mean, I know, I know that's what everyone is interested in. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's the non-road equivalent of range anxiety. You know, you hear the term right. range anxiety with respect, respect to light duty vehicles. Uh, maybe job anxiety is, is a better term for non-road, but it, it just, it's stems from the fact that, you know, your average, battery powered electric motor has an operating time of about an hour before performance starts to degrade. Um, and that, that's maybe a common knowledge. I would imagine that a lot of your readers and people that manufacture mowers in that space would, would probably shout and say they have something better now. But after a certain amount of time, uh, an electric mower, the performance would start to degrade before it needs charged or a battery swapped out. And typically one to two hours is just enough for residential use. Certainly for, for my yard, I can cut it in less than an hour. But in the commercial segment, they just have a significantly greater uh, operating time. You know, it's, it's really mm -hmm. easy to imagine a scenario where commercial landscapers would uh, need to operate for a few hours, put their equipment on a truck, drive to another location and operate uh, again on that same day without going somewhere to recharge. And uh, that's really, I think, what has driven the, uh, the, the division and adoption rates. I mean, if you, if you look at a lot of the numbers over the lifetime of the equipment, the total cost of ownership seems to be about on par, perhaps as the price of zero emissions equipment gets lower uh, over the lifetime of the equipment, uh, the zero emissions and electric equipment would have a smaller total cost of ownership as those fuel costs add up over the lifetime of an ICE powered mm -hmm. piece of equipment. Uh, so I, I'm not sure that cost is a significant driver. I, I really think it's more about, um, you know, range anxiety or job anxiety. And that that's going back to my point about generators. Mm -hmm. you know, if generators are exempt from the zero emissions, uh, especially early on, call it the first five years of adoption, that would allow uh, commer the commercial sector a way to charge on the fly in the field, perhaps between stops on their routes mm -hmm. uh, and alleviate, alleviate a lot of those anxiety concerns. Um, I think the market would be considerably aided by increased incentives as well. Uh, and that's uh, one of the things California has kicked around is, you know, can we get an incentive program going to replace older ICE equipment with newer uh, zero emissions equipment? So I, I, I don't know that I have uh, an answer on what the future will hold, but I, I think that's a very clear picture on what the current status is, that there's a fairly large divide between residential and commercial and 
commercial segment is very big. They buy right. uh, a majority of the equipment out there, right? So mm -hmm. uh, it's, it, it's a very real issue. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Well, I know you just said you can't predict the future, but um, <laughs> do you maybe have um, any thoughts or maybe foresee um, maybe just how the small non-road engine and or the landscape equipment markets could evolve or seem to be evolving in the coming years? Sure, yeah, I mean, I think these regulations are getting a lot of traction. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and I think no doubt California will, will move forward with their plans. They've been very aggressive uh, in the past five years in particular on pushing a, a pathway to zero emissions. Mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the phrase you hear quite a lot from California is that they will electrify everywhere feasible. And I think they have marked this small engine and, and lawn equipment segment in particular as one that's extremely feasible. Uh, perhaps because of the, the rates of adoption already there, the manufacturers are already familiar with electrified products, etc. So I think without a doubt, those new regulations are going to, to come into place in some form or another. Uh, it's likely that we could see a federal regulation as well down the road in the, in the foreseeable future. And with those new regulations, it's gonna create a market for ZE equipment. You know, zero emissions mm -hmm. equipment is, uh, is, is certainly going to be a part of the, pin, uh, the picture. I, my personal opinion is that based on current trends and proposals you see for those regulations, you're going to continue to see internal combustion-based small equipment produced into the 2030s. So, you know, another decade, perhaps, of that equipment being produced. But over that same period of time, the next eight to 10 years, you're going to see manufacturers grow their electric, electric portfolio and really diversify their products into a much broader range. Uh, including things that maybe don't exist now, like zero emissions generators that I mentioned, for example, a uh, mm -hmm. hydrogen fuel cell based generator that could supplement some of the larger uh, electric equipment that's in the works. So I, I mean, that, that's the trends that I see in the on-road segment right now is that uh, a lot of manufacturers have made big public plans to transition to uh, all electric portfolio in the 2030s. Uh, and typically those trends tend to roll downhill from on-road to off-road. So mm -hmm. I think in the next 10 years, we'll see similar announcements from that segment as well. But uh, the short answer is that I think ICEs will be here for another at least eight to 10 years, probably a decade. Right, okay, great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today and provide some insights into the market and what you guys see coming down the road. Yeah, of course. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of OEM Industry Update. Thank you again to Josh for providing his insights into this proposed regulation and how it could impact engine manufacturers and heavy machinery OEMs. And be sure to tune in each week for another episode to stay up to date on our ever-changing industry.